Welcome in. It's a another edition of the Aggie Coaches Show. As we are live here at Old Chicago, and we'd love everybody to come on down and hang out with us because we got a special show. Look, it's the first basketball show of the season, and now we also have championship football coming up on Saturday. So we have a combo show. We'll spend the first half hour with Coach Ryan Odom, and then the second half hour, Blake Anderson will stop by, and we'll chat some football with him. But uh, Coach Odom's kind enough to join us. Coach, uh, welcome to Old Chicago. Welcome to the first show of the year. How are you? Hey, doing great. Thanks uh, thanks for having me. Pretty great to see everybody, all you Aggie fans out here, and, and uh, excited to chat. Oh, man, fired up because there's so much to talk about in terms of this basketball team and what's going on and, and how this team is playing right now. Uh, but give me your thoughts because – you and I talk all the time before and after the games, but for people that are having a chance to listen to you for the first time and get your thoughts and your perspective, kind of give us the bird's eye view of the first uh, seven games of the season. Yeah, obviously a rough start for us, you know, in that first game. Uh, not not what any of us would would have wanted. Um, but I think what I learned and what we learned through that, you know, experience in that first game was just the, the leadership that we have uh, with Brock and Bean. Um, we have two seniors that have been through – you know, a ton in their careers have won back-to-back championships um, with other teams, you know, in their, during their careers. And, and, you know, we leaned on them heavily and uh, there was no, there was no break in our team. And I, yeah. I'll, I remember it, you know, forever, honestly, you know, going up that tunnel after that first loss and, and all I could hear was Brock, you know, uh, talking to the team saying, keep your head up, you know, right away. And, you know that's what we have within our team, and we have a we have a, a group that really accepts coaching. Um, we have a group that cares and loves one another. Uh, we have a group that um, you know really trusts one another, and I think you see that when they're out there on the court and how they play. Um, we're not perfect, of course, we're not, but you know at the same time, you know they, I think they're going for it right now, yeah. which is good. Uh, and and watching the development because. I think there were question marks, and I'm going back a couple of years. When Sam Merrill left, it was, can Nemeish Keita be the guy? And Nimi was great and, and took over and was the face of the team, and they ended up going to another NCAA tournament. Uh, and then Nimi leaves, and the question is, can Justin Bean be the face of a team? And I, I didn't have any real question about that because it felt like he was evolving into that person and, uh, and, that, and that player. But to see him evolve and be the score that he's become, his ability to finish at the rim – uh, to facilitate the three-point shot. You can tell a lot of work and time went into his game in the summer. Already a great career at Utah State, but taking it to another level has been impressive to see. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's been one of the best players in the country, you yeah. know, statistically so far this season. And, you know, obviously he's always rebounded the ball, and now he's scoring it. I mean, his average is up probably 11 points or something like that, you know, from a year ago, which is which is really impressive. It doesn't happen very often. Um, but when you when you think about it, a guy to a guy like Justin Bean, it does, you know, because he's just a great person. Um, he's not afraid of the moment. He's not afraid of the pressure, and uh, he he really did work on his game this summer. And, and I think the style obviously has helped him, um, you know, in terms of the open court and the space that he has to work with, and others that are interchangeable with him. It allows him to kind of do a little bit more. Um, and, you know, I think that's, you know, going back to what you initially mentioned, you know, who's going to be the next guy, right? You had Sam, then you had uh, Nimi, and now you kind of have, uh, you know, Justin. And, and um, you know, that's one of the reasons that I named them captains early on, yeah. um, you know, Justin and, and Brock. 
they've been through it. It's their turn. And, you know, I had a great college coach, you know, when I played in college and, and uh, at Hampton, Sydney, and he played for Dean Smith. And we always had captains every single year. And it wasn't just the seniors. You know, yeah. you had to earn it. And so this is a school and a basketball program that has tremendous tradition. And we wanted to make sure that, you know, it means something when you're named a captain. And so that there will be another one next year, you know, that's going to have to have to step up uh, unless we can get him to stay one more. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, and the other thing, too, is is the uh, it almost feels like and I grew up uh, you and I are, I, you know, kind of I, I think relatively the same age. And when when your dad was coaching the the growth of a player throughout his tenure, nobody really left early. Uh, and to see Justin being kind of as a, a throwback in the evolution, red shirt, on the bench, rotational, starter, and then a star. Prime you know? time. And yeah. just and watching that evolution year by year by year, you don't see that much anymore. That's what it's all about. I mean, yeah. he's had great coaching, you know, since he stepped on campus. Um, you know, he's had great teammates. He's had guys to learn from that were ahead of him, right? And and then he's not afraid of the, of the moment and the time – that is now for him and, and, you know, Brock as well. I would include him in that. Um, you know, I think, I think it's, it's, it's tremendous, and it's one of the reasons that we've had some early success. Yeah, no doubt. That's Coach Ryan Odom as we get you ready for a tip-off or a big one as Utah State gets set for St. Mary's coming up on Thursday and really fired up for this game. Uh, and, and obviously a lot to be excited about. But uh, when did you feel like things really started to click for this team? Was it the Richmond game? Was there something where it felt like, Bam, okay, now these guys are really kind of grasping what we're hoping to accomplish here. Yeah, I mean, I think there were moments within the UC Davis game, and we got off to a good start. Yeah. Um, you know, we got in foul trouble, obviously, in that particular game, and, and UC Davis played an excellent game. I mean, they were very physical and bothered us in a lot of stretches, and defensively we weren't as good as we needed to be in order to wrap our arms around that game and just put it away. Um, and, and they got, they gained confidence. Um you know, the Richmond game was huge. I mean, our, our guys are, are, are excellent when we're in the film room. I mean, they really pay yeah. attention, and they're able to put things into action with very little prep, you know, and, and, rep, and repetition on the court. They're able to put things in, like a game plan, for instance, into action without having to be on the court all the time. Um, and I think the Richmond game – you know, we had been working on Richmond prior to going all the way to Annapolis. We had to because the games were sandwiched together. And yeah. so we had to work on UC Davis and Richmond because of the Princeton offense that they run. And so we were doing that for two weeks really prior to the season. And uh, our guys were able to pick it right back up uh, once we, uh, you know, touched down because literally we played the UC Davis game and then the next morning we're on a plane you know, at 10 o'clock in the morning, you know, heading east. And, uh, and we had very little practice time there. We had to be very quick with it. And our guys did an excellent job of following the game plan. And we did some things that were a little bit different. And uh, I thought our guys were excellent. Um, you know, and, and you know, we, we didn't play as well in the first half defensively. But, you know, the second half really got going. The defense was much better. And we were able to finish, finish it off. And so th I think that gave us a lot of confidence you know, going into the Myrtle Beach weekend? So I, I, I don't know quite how to ask this question because you, you love guys that sacrifice themselves over and over and over. But do you ever have a uh, conversation with Ryland Jones and say, hey, you know, sometimes it's okay to let that thing go out of bounds. Like <laughs> sometimes it's you don't need to break the scorer's table yeah. and uh, knock out the light board and all that stuff. And, and I mean, 
you, you love the hustle, but you're also like, hey, man, protect yourself a little bit. Like, yeah. I don't know where, where that line is. Well, I've definitely said it to him in practice. I mean, there's no <laughs> question about it. When he steps in front of Trevin or Shimon or a bigger oh, yeah. guy, I'm like, hey, you need to watch that, bud. Yeah. <laughs> we need you for the games. But, he, uh, you know, that's just in his DNA, yeah. you know. I mean, he's he grew up in a coaching family. He understands it, um, you know, and, and he's willing to put his body on the line, which is – you know, which is representative of his toughness, yeah. and um, and we need that. And especially when you see your point guard doing that, that's contagious. It's like passing the ball, you know. And when you see teammates really moving the ball and finding the open guy, it's the same thing on defense. You see a guy re- willing to give up his body and take charges. It's, it really does ignite your team. How hard is that to identify in recruiting, toughness and those kind of things? It can be difficult, especially when you're going through a pandemic and yeah. and you can't get out on the road and see guys and you're watching on film. It's a little bit different, you know, than being able to be in the gym with them and see them in those situations, whether it's an AAU or their high school practice or, or whatever. So you do have to rely on your contact sometimes, uh, what folks are telling you, um, and then also what your eyes are telling you at the same time. Because, you, you know, you mentioned basketball IQ, being able to learn and, and grasp things really quickly. You mentioned this team's good at it. Uh, obviously, there's a certain level of toughness. You can spot talent pretty quick, i got to imagine, in evaluation and watching film. But those other things, i got to imagine, it's a the intangibles. Tough, yeah. yeah, the intangibles are huge. I mean, we showed our guys today, um, you know, a culture video. And it was all our guys um, interacting with one another during the game yeah. and how they interact with one another. And I think connectivity is so important. And, you know, do I care about you? And, like, there was an example. I'll just give you one. Brandon twists his ankle, you know, in the pin game. And he's playing really well. And we're playing well at that point. And we score a basket. And he twists his ankle on the play. And everybody's kind of running back on defense. And then our guys realize that he was hurt. And literally, they go from the other side of the court and sprint all the way over there to him to check on him and make sure he's okay. And it could be something as simple as we turn the ball over. Rylan threw the ball out of bounds, being moved at the last second, and the ball goes out of bounds the other night against UT Arlington. And immediately you see those two guys, the camera pans to them, and they are going back on defense, and they're just smacking five to one another. Yeah. So acknowledging that, hey, it wasn't your fault, it wasn't my fault, it just happened, let's go fix it on the defensive end. And so those kinds of things mean a lot. And, um, and, and they're really – they can be the difference in winning and losing. And, um, you know, it's a huge thing that we try to hammer home with our guys. You know, talk about making the you know next best effort. Uh, Sean Bairstow, which was great to get him back out on the court last night, throws, a you know, maybe an ill-advised pass, uh, gets picked off and going the other way. And he's like, instead of giving up on the play and saying, wow, man, I really screwed that up or whatever the case is, he tracks the guy down and gets the block at the rim on the other end. I mean, that's yeah, the kind of effort you that's love to it. see. Yeah, it's multiple efforts. We, we, we coach our guys on that all the time. It's, you know, the teams that are willing to do that on defense and offense because offensive rebounding is a factor there as well um, usually have success. And so our guys have done that so far and, and put ourselves in – some positive positions and, and giving us a chance to win against some quality opponents. What does Sean Bairstow do for your team now that you got him back in the roster or on the court? And uh, how does his game fit into what you want to accomplish here? Well, I think he fits, you know, uh, exactly the way we would want him to. I mean, he's got size. Um, he's, he has athleticism. He has the ability to, to attack the rim. Um, with the ball. He's got the ability to attack the rim without the ball as well on the, on the cut. Um, he can post up. Uh, he can defend smaller or bigger guys. 
he gives us one more ball handler yeah. out there. And, you know, we, without having to sacrifice size. Um, I think you saw it some last night. He's coming off of the pick and roll, and then all of a sudden he's skipping it all the way across to Brandon for a three. He just he has that, that ability, and so he's going to be a good player for us. Uh, there was one possession, and I meant to write it down. I don't have the full lineup, but both Coach Beckert and I are watching. I'm like, that's a big lineup. Yeah. And, and you, you, I mean, you have an ability with him out on the court, and he can run point yeah. uh, where, where you can really throw a large lineup at some teams. Yeah, no question. I mean, that, that speaks to the versatility of the team right now. Size-wise, we've put Brandon, Bean, and Trevin out there yeah. at times. Um, and not for long stretches, but, it, you know, we can go small, you know, as well and have Brock or – Sean at the four or, you know, even even Z, you know, at times and have a really quick, you yeah. know, an explosive lineup out there. So we do have some versatility, um, but they're only 40 minutes in a game. And yeah. so it's just, you know, it depends on when you need it. How much fun was it to see Z go out there and have the game he had last night? That was night? great, you know, because yeah. we see it in practice. We hate that you guys haven't really seen him, you know, at his best. And, uh, you know, we see spots in practice where he's playing so well. And uh, it was good to see him just be more comfortable out there. Yeah. And uh, yeah, the one scrimmage that we had that was closed, he was he was awesome. I mean, he was he was incredible. And uh, and so we haven't quite seen that yet, but he's uh, he was very good last night. Because the transition, I can't imagine, is very easy going from uh, playing prep school, and then this is a this is a physical conference. It's a physical schedule that you had, and I got to imagine that's that that the physicality probably is. More, as much to get, as hard to get used to as it is the speed. Yeah, no question. And, and then just the mental side of it, too, I mean, I think is an important factor. He's fighting some older guys that are already on our team that have yeah. been through it. And so they just have, you know, the uh, the experience that he doesn't have. And um, he's going to get it. Um, and it's hard to really impact the game with the minutes that he's been getting so far. I mean, he comes in there and he plays six, seven minutes. That's not yeah. a ton of minutes to really be impactful. Um, but – He's going to get better, you know. He's going to he's going to get more uh, time as the year goes on, and and uh, certainly because he's going to be a factor. Well, it's got to be one of the more difficult parts of your job is minutes, who's on the court, rotations, uh, different lineups, and stuff like that. That's got to be, uh, and and you can see tendencies as the season goes on. Uh, but it's got to be a lot of it. I got to imagine is feel. A lot of it is just. You know, okay, I'm going to go with this. I mean, it, that that's got to be the one no, of the difficult is. parts. Yeah, no, it's t- they're tough decisions, and it's moving fast. You know, a lot of times, and and sometimes foul trouble can dictate things. You know, sometimes a guy's just really hot and 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 needs more minutes and goes in there and does really well and and deserves more. Um, but you know, basketball, like any sport, is about making the pieces fit. Yeah. And you know, who plays well together, and what's going to give us the best chance. You know, to beat who. Sc- you know, Team X that we're yeah. playing. And a lot of it's just matchups. You know, they, they have things that can hurt us. We have things that can hurt them. And it's about trying to let those things shine. All right, so let's talk a little bit about St. Mary's. Rolling in 7-1 uh, and one on the season. Their only loss was a tough one to Wisconsin. They beat Notre Dame. They kind of beat the drums off Oregon. Uh, they, they come into this game uh, riding high. And, and, look, Randy Bennett's always got this team playing well, but it looks like this is – a really good team, even by St. Mary's standards. Yeah, and I think he felt that, you know, going into the summer and, and last season, you know, they had a, you know, a COVID year, weird COVID year like everybody did. But everybody's back. You yeah. know, all of his guys are back, you know, minus maybe one. 
and they've added some good pieces. And, uh, you know, they play really balanced basketball on both sides. You know, they're really stingy on defense, um, similar to Oklahoma. And then on offense, you know, they make you guard. And uh, they've got guys that can score around the rim and post-up situations, you know, which, you know, something that Richmond did and, and, you know, some others that we've played. Even last night, you know, those guys throw the ball on the post a ton. And so we're going to have to deal with that. Uh, they've got some shooters as well that we've got to identify and make sure that we're marking. Um, but then they have some other guys that are, are drivers. And so really recognizing, you know, who we're closing out to is going to be a really important factor in the game. They're excellent in transition, even though they don't do it a ton. Yeah. They're one of the top 15 teams in the country in, when they do do it at getting a bucket. And so – We've got to make sure that we're not giving them transition baskets, you know, early in offense. They've been always such a slow, methodical team. I mean, pace of play and average possession yeah. lengths. And and, and I, that's got to be a little bit wearing on a team when you've got to play 30 seconds of defense. I mean, they, yeah. they, they will wait and wait and wait and make sure they get the best look possible. Yeah, no question. And that's where we can't get frustrated offensively because they are so stingy on defense. We've got to make sure that we're still getting our shots. And I think that's one of the reasons that our, our team has had you know, some success since that early uh, loss was our guys are really buying into that and understanding what's a good shot, what's not a good shot. And I think we gave it back to UC Davis too many times, you know, early in that game where – or throughout the game where all of a sudden they're they're running it down our throats, you know, at that point. So, you know, I think, I think um, you know, for us in the St. Mary's game, it's a little bit like Oklahoma – the score may not be what it, what we want it to be. Our offense might not be where we want it to be, and we can't get frustrated with that. We've got to keep continue to guard and uh, and be stingy on our end. Mm. Uh, and uh, look, there's a lot of people really fired up because this is one of the most notoriously hard places to play in all of college basketball. Uh, it was a little neutered last year because of COVID, and the fact that you can have a full house, it can be loud, it can be rocking. I mean. We, expect that coming up we're yeah. i think everybody i can't wait that. i can't wait i'm really excited about it it's going to be fun fun evening and and uh we need it packed that's for sure get your tickets now go to utahstateaggies.com get those tickets uh i check with the ticket office there's uh not a lot left so uh make sure to get your tickets because those things are going to get snatched up and be a part of it and i gotta imagine for your team they're fired up to play in that kind of an environment as well yeah they really are and you know obviously some of them have experienced it and know yeah. what it's all about you know i picture you know, being, you know, crowd surfing against Nevada, Nevada when he's yeah. out, out on the court, you know. But uh, we're excited, and, uh, you know, I know we'll have a great crowd, and, and our guys will compete. I know that. Do you ever get worried that a team gets too up for a game? Yeah, no, no doubt you do. I mean, the game can't become bigger than what it is. Yeah. And we tell our guys all the time, why is this a big game? It's a big game because the Aggies are playing. It doesn't matter if you're playing Carroll. It doesn't matter if you're playing UT Arlington. It doesn't matter if you're playing St. Mary's or Nevada or whoever. You know, we, we prepare a certain way for each game that we play, and, and the coaches do a really good job of getting our guys, you know, ready for uh, the game in terms of scouting our assistant coaches. And, you know, the players put it into action, and sometimes we're going to fall short. Um, but at the same time, uh, you know, you can't prep, you know, differently for, for yeah. who you're playing and or, or depending on how many fans are in the arena. Yeah. You know, you've got to be able to perform – when there's a ton in the arena and it's packed and it's loud and it's energetic, and then you've also got to be able to perform when the, there is no energy. Yeah. And you've got and to create your own. And sometimes that can be just as hard. Yeah, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. 
and uh, basketball certainly brings you both of those. You yeah. know, you travel on the road and, you know, there's there's nobody in the stands and, you know, you kind of let that dictate how you're playing and, and we don't want to be that team. There was a uh, – and I know Timmy will get it going in San Jose. Tim Miles a good dude. Uh, but they were playing a game – we were playing a game at, at San Jose State and I'm sitting courtside and uh, and Utah State got off to a slow start and, and nobody's at that arena. Like, yeah. it's dead. And I said something along the lines of like, yeah, Sam Merrill started the game two of eight. And Sam leans over like, hey, I can hear you. <laughs> like, like, hey, maybe dial it down a little bit. I'm like, never mind. Sam will get it going. But, and then he was like five for five from there. Five, yeah, and then, he, and then he got on a run and uh, tore it up like he normally did. But, yeah, yeah. It, it's interesting how those different types of venues and different yeah. atmospheres can affect a team. Yeah, it really can. And, uh, and that's why we have to create our own energy. And we have to play to our standard. We talk about yeah. standards all the time, right, with our team. You know, we have to play to our standards, and we can't worry about, you know, what's happening within the arena. Or I don't, I honestly don't hear a lot of things when it's going on. I hear my assistant coaches and players. But you I, ever hear any heckling behind you? Like no. anybody's ever getting after you or anything? No, you ever hear no, anything? I haven't. I don't really hear it. And you know, occasionally you'll, you know, my kids or I was bad at that as as a coach's son. You know, you just hear things. Yeah. And it is what it is. It's you just part, around, part of the hey, business. That's my dad. Knock it off. Yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, before we get Blake Anderson on, uh, and uh, uh, we'll, we'll chat with him about the football team, but how much football and basketball? You guys play off each other a little bit. When, we really when do. one's rolling, the other one seems to follow I mean, suit. I had the great fortune of, of traveling with the team on the first game. And yeah. I, re- I really appreciated Blake and, and uh, Coach Hartwell inviting – or, excuse me, John inviting me to uh, – to go on that trip, and obviously it was a sign of things to come. And I was able to stand on the sideline and, and be on the team bus and, and on the airplane with the guys and, and kind of see how they interacted and knowing that this was their first opportunity to go on the road together and, yeah. and you know, try to make a name for themselves and, and, and compete. And, you know, all I, all I could sense every time that they would come to the sideline was that they were not afraid yeah. and that they were – they were going to attack it together, and they weren't going to react to situations, whether they, they were negative or positive. Obviously, when positive things happen, and you can tell, like their coaching staff and their players are completely connected with one another, and they're energetic, and that starts from the top. I mean, what a job the coach and his staff have done, um, you know, to turn this thing around and get it back where it needs to be, and 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 it's not over. That's yeah. the cool thing about it. Yeah, no and, doubt. And uh, you've got a chance to – to compete for a championship on Saturday. Well, appreciate your time. We went a little longer than I thought we were going to, but uh, this has been fun. We really All appreciate good. it. Thanks so Thank much you. for your time. All righty. That's Ryan Odom, head coach of the Utah State men's basketball team. Coming up, we'll talk some football with Blake Anderson. You're listening to Aggie, uh, Aggie Sports from Learfield. And welcome back. You're listening to the Aggie Coaches Show. We are live here at Old Chicago. Place is hopping because it's championship week for the Utah State football team. Coach, we're a long way away from Pullman. Uh, we, we are. That's a uh, that, that that's in the rearview mirror. As how, now you're playing for a conference championship in year one. How cool is that? It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Guys have done a great job. They earned the opportunity and great practice today. Yeah. Energy energy is high, and we'll. We're going we're gonna to make them earn everything they get come Saturday at noon. I promise you that. I love it. Absolutely love it. Let's talk about uh, recapping last week against New Mexico. And in a year, it didn't matter who you were playing. It always seemed like there was a certain level of drama to it. 
It was kind of fun to call a game without <laughs> uh, without a lot of drama in the fourth quarter. You know, the 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 whole thing going in, we look. I obviously know Danny and Rocky yeah. really well, and and have coached there. They're struggling with injuries and trying to find a way to get to the end of the season. So the big key for me was not so much winning the game. I mean, I felt felt comfortable we could, but I also saw those guys beat Wyoming a few weeks earlier, so you knew anything is possible. I wanted to make sure we went down there and just did what we're supposed to do. And, and yeah. uh, we did that defensively. They, they handled the triple option well. They didn't give up something crazy, something silly, double pass, tri- reverse pass, things that you kind of expected. We didn't give up an onside kick or a fake punt. And then offensively, probably the biggest challenge was handling that defensive style. And we didn't, we didn't run the ball great, but we stayed ahead of the chains, but we, we hit the big play, protected well and design some shot plays that we thought would be good. You can design them, but to get them to execute is another thing. So 28, you know, nothing at half was, to me, we'd done everything we're supposed to do, uh, gone in, taking care of our business, played with energy, played sound football, and, and really had the game pretty much in hand, which was, was the main goal. Coming Going into halftime knowing we're in control of this, we're doing the little things yeah. right. And so I was proud in, in the fact that they handled that really well. Uh, I'm curious to know, when you run a onside kick, do you, do you tell Coach Bondo, like, hey, heads up, I'm, I'm going to do this? Uh, all right, I, you want to know the truth? I didn't call that onside kick. Oh, you did? That was not an onside kick. He just got underneath that's the worst. Right? That's the worst kick uh, he's had all season. Oh, I mean, it was he, just a bad kick? He just flat missed it. I, I wish – I mean, I would tell you, I mean, I've kicked a couple already this season. That was not a call. That was supposed to be a, a sky kick to the left side of the field. Yeah. Uh, we felt like the, uh, the guy that they had returning the ball in that sky position was yeah. a little bit – Skept, you know, skeptical whether or not he would he would be able to field it, and he just flat miss kicked it. I, I mean, we were all shocked. If you just see my face, I'm like, what just <laughs> happened? I didn't want to give them a short field right there. Yeah. Uh, luckily, the defense did a great job getting yeah. a fourth and one stop. Um, you know, that that was not by design. I I, I gave Elliot. Of course, I know him fairly well. Yeah, obviously, yeah. I gave him some grief over that I one. I bet said, you did. I said, man, go over the net and warm up because that's that, you, you. You're clearly still in the locker room right now. You. Because his first kick wasn't much better. I know. His yeah. first kick was much, much, much better. But he, he, he did. He calmed down. He kicked the ball well. He's done a good job all year. He's had a couple that gotten away from him. That was one of them. Oh, that's funny. Uh, all right, so when you look ahead and you look to the San Diego State and certainly everything on the line, everything, you know, all the cliches you want to throw out there, do you approach a week any differently? Do you try to, you know, say any more motivational speeches than you normally would? I mean, or do you just try to keep it business as usual? You know, my, my job is really just kind of keep them inside the framework of what we do. Yeah. Uh, you know, all conference came out today. We're, all right, we're an underdog. I mean, you, you listen to the chatter. We're really not supposed to be in this game. There's enough motivation. These dudes are ready to play. So, for me, it's, you know, controlling the emotions and just doing the things that have gotten us to this point. And that's been go to work every day, do the little things right, give great energy. We're going to, you know, that – the. The hardest part for us is just going to guys be able to control just how psyched up and, and, and hyped up they are for the game. But uh, they don't they don't need a whole lot more motivation. They've, they've had plenty kind of put in front of them here lately. Let's talk about this running attack from San Diego State. they got four dudes, actually more, but four that yeah. they'll really lean on that can really run the ball. The two bells are, uh, are, are a problem for sure. Well, it starts up front. They had three all-conference, yeah. first-team all-conference old linemen for a reason. They're, uh, they're really, really well built, uh, well coached. The plan is to run the ball downhill at you, find out if you got a, got a plan to stop it. And, and so we, we at times have done a great job of that this year. At times we've struggled. Who's going to show up on Saturday? 
we're gonna need to uh, we're gonna need to be right where we're supposed to be and tackle well because it doesn't matter who they roll out there they all can do it and quarterbacks can run as well so I mean it's I mean it, it is a huge challenge but one yeah. that the kids are excited about facing and again they'll throw a couple quarterbacks at you too they will I, we just kind of figure we can see the one it doesn't really change what they do offensively though yeah. they, they're they're pretty straightforward man here we come good luck stopping it and people haven't stopped them very well yeah uh, and then uh, on the on the flip side well. You know, you look across the board and, you know, you got Jesse Matthews, number 45. They don't throw it a lot, but when they do, it's usually he's the one causing a lot of problems. Yeah, they've got length on the outside. They uh, they throw the vertical ball. really, And probably a lot of it's based off what they do and how they run the ball. You've got to commit bodies to it. You end up in one-on-one situations, and they just are really, really good at taking those uh, kind of 50-50 balls and turning it into their favor. They've got length. He throws that ball very, very well. They fight for it. They're very physical on the outside third of the field. Uh, so, you know, we're going to give up some length out there. We're not real, real long, but guys will compete for the ball. And you look back to the season, there's been games we defended that ball very, very well. Uh, most recently, the Wyoming game, we didn't. Uh, and it might have been as much we didn't defend it well. They just they just executed really well. Ball was put in perfect position, yeah. and guys made catches. So we're going to need to uh, we're going to need to get some of those balls hit the ground when they do throw it to the to the outside third. And then also, too, you look at the fact that they're technically playing at home, but I watched that Fresno game. It was like a home game for Fresno. Uh, you know, San Diego State fans got to drive north to see that team. Uh, I think, hey, for all you Aggie fans out there, it's much of a – you consider that L.A. traffic, it's as much of a drive for <laughs> you going down there it is for them going up north. So uh, let's pack that stadium. Yeah, it would not bother me to see a lot of uh, blue and silver yeah. in, in, the, in the stadium. We've had uh, a lot of folks travel in the past, and, and we've been able to feel that energy. Uh, we made the trip to Vegas. We had a lot of people up at Washington State. Uh, several trips. I mean, we 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 would love to see some friendly faces in the, in the crowd. I don't know what to expect, to be honest with you, from the crowd, with them not playing at home and kind of playing semi on the road. Re- really, don't know what to expect in terms of what that energy is going to be like in the in the stadium on Saturday. All right. So I don't want to get you into trouble here. Um, Go ahead. DT got robbed. I'm, I'll, I'll say. Yeah, look, I'm not. I'll turn your mic down if you want, and no. I'll just say it. Um, well, I, I, say I don't know that, how you lead the nation in receiving yards and not win your conference player of the year honors. I'm, I'm not sure I understand it either. I, I'm, I say this. Everybody that won awards today was deserving. Yes. I mean, everybody is yeah. – it's, it's not a fair system. But, yeah, I, I don't know how you have the impact that he had on our team, how you lead the country in receiving. He's so consistent. There wasn't a game that yeah. he just didn't perform. He didn't miss a down – yeah, I don't get it. So, And I love the fact that you could tell New Mexico said, this guy is not going to beat us. Whatever happens, we are not going to let that guy beat us. Bowling's got a touchdown. Wright's got a couple touchdowns. McGriff's got a touchdown. And all four of those could go over there and say, DT, thank you for that. Oh, yeah. Because because their ability to be open. Now, granted, I'm not taking any away from their, their abilities as well and, and who they are, tremendous wide receivers, tremendous athletes. But – a lot of that is due to the fact that everybody zeroing in and said we're taking 13 out of the game. Yeah, you got to know where he's at. The guy's too good not to, and it just creates opportunities for everybody else. And the great thing is they all step up and make plays. Yes. Uh, Derek Wright had a massive game and, and huge catches by, as you mentioned, Brandon Bowling had one of the best catches of the year. And I, I watched that thing several times. The ball's out of Logan's hands before Brandon ever – his helmet's still – he's still looking at the end zone trying to fight off a defender – and somehow midstream turns and finds a ball that's thrown inside and is able to wrap around the guy, should have been pass interference, and still make a catch down at his ankles. I, I, don't, I don't know how he made the catch, but 
they're all playing well. They all benefit from the style of offense, the the spacing that we create, and literally you you have to defend all all the guys on the field, and, yeah. and that's what we want it to be like. Um, everybody knows where 13's at. There's no way not to, but but we want to push the ball to everybody and make you defend the entire field and all the weapons. Hopefully those guys playing as well as they did this week will make San Diego State think about how do we exactly want to defend this particular offense. Well, we'll talk about that San Diego State defense coming up next uh, as Utah State gets set to take on the Aztecs. Conference championship game on Saturday. Game will kick off at uh, 1 o'clock Mountain and high noon in the Pacific time zone. Our pregame show will begin at uh, at uh, 11 a.m. right here on the Aggie Sports Network from Learfield. All right, welcome on back. Final segment of the Coach's Show as Utah State gets set for a showdown against San Diego State, the Mountain West Conference Championship as uh, the Aggies look for a chance to win their first ever conference title. Uh, Wellesley went year number one in 2013, uh, and uh, and now it's a chance for Blake Anderson and this crew to uh, get it done. But to do so, you got to go up against a really, really good defense led by the uh, Mountain West Conference uh, Defensive Player of the Year, Cameron Thomas. 20 TFLs, 10 and a half sacks, 14 quarterback hurries. This dude can create some problems. Yes, he can. He is, uh, he is really, really dynamic, long. The system they run fits him perfectly. Gives him a ton of freedom to, to really cross your face and get to the quarterback. Um, th- this, you know, it's a very similar scheme that we just saw uh, at New Mexico. They, they borrowed some stuff from Rocky, but uh, the length and the power and the size that you're going to see in the speed is going to be at another level. So, um, you know, it'll it, 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 that guy is he is definitely a problem. We're going to have to do a great job covering him up and kind of minimize. You don't stop him, you slow him down. You minimize his uh, his big play. Uh, ability hopefully well i mean you look at their front three and they've got uh let's see 17 20 sacks in between the uh the front three which a lot of times those guys don't get a lot of sacks but these guys do yeah with what they do and how they turn them loose and and move the front and and they're all about getting upfield very similar to us yeah i think right now defensively we're top five in the country in tackles for loss they're right there in that same mix a lot of styles that some no they're more of a three down we're more of a four down but a lot of the same kind of personality to what we both do they're they're built well for it uh and it fits them fits them really really well they don't have to go very far to find guys that fit their system and, and it is uh it has kept them in some games when honestly the offense was struggling earlier in the year is this um i don't know if you can go definitive but i gotta imagine it's one of the best fronts you've seen all oh, year absolutely. if not the best absolutely for for what how they're built and what they do yeah it's it's uh it's as good as we've seen all year right there at the top and uh, at times we've done a really, really good job covering people up and, and being able to expose people in the back end. That'll be a challenge to be able to slow these guys down. Uh, is it? Do they get deceptive on what they do, or do they just line up and just say, "Here we come"? They're a little bit more straightforward. You know, we saw a lot of disguise last week with New Mexico, uh, and that's something Rocky has always yeah. kind of done. But but these guys don't necessarily have to. You just kind of know they're coming. It, it, they do move and, and they do disguise a little bit, but I don't think quite to the extent that we saw from New Mexico. Question here is maybe you know where they're going, but can you stop them from getting yeah. there? That's the other problem. Yeah. Uh, you and I talked earlier today, and Logan, it's just status quo, beat to hell, but yeah. ready to go. Yeah, he's fine. He had a good practice today. Uh, parts of him that are, you know, duct tape up. I told him he needs, a, he needs to sign an NIL deal with duct tape uh, with the way he's got through the season. Threw the ball well today. I think he was, uh, I mean, he, he's ready to go. He's one of those guys, you know, didn't, didn't receive any, any awards, you know, First, second, or honorable mention, nothing. Uh, you don't know. I know him pretty good. There's a little. There's a little gleam in his eye today. 
Well, I I don't know. I've got a lot to say. Yeah, maybe I'll just I'll just stay on Twitter. I don't want to I don't want to drag you into uh, <laughs> into, into what I have to say. Uh, but uh, on the back end too, defensively, they're they're stellar as well. Uh, yeah, there's not a weakness on yeah. on, on their side of the ball. Um, you know, it's it's there's a reason people have struggled to score points, kept all the score. You know, the scores have been low, and and, and that's that's run the clock, run the ball. Uh, you know, got a great punter, can flip the field, play great defense, get the ball back to their offense. So it's that that's it's played into their uh, kind of their philosophy all year long. It, there's really not a weakness over there. We're gonna have to we're gonna have to try to get them out in space and be quick and fast. That's the best thing we got going for us. We're not gonna overpower them. We don't have more size and length than them. It's going to be about tempo and speed and space. And at times this year, we've made people really uncomfortable. Uh, but but there's been at times where we struggled. And, and so I'm hoping this is one of those games where we can get the offense going, get the first first down, make them breathe a little bit, make them play our kind of ball. I think this is a fitting way to end the end of the end of the season. I know we got a bowl game coming up because I go back to sitting in that conference room in Pullman and talking about you know off the air, and you said. Hey, look, we don't look like this team. This team looks different than us. So we've got to do the other things that we do well and be great at those for a chance to win. Well, you go and you win that game. And I think it, 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 the, the similarity, and that's been a common theme for yeah. a few games this year. Same with this one. And I think it's kind of a, uh, kind of a good way to, to wrap up the regular yeah. season. Our guys are not, they're not afraid of that environment. Yeah. They, they, we've been really honest. I mean, we're not, we're not out athleting anybody. We've got some matchups that are in our favor occasionally, but, Really, it's the, our willingness to play hard, our willingness to play 60 minutes. Uh, we play a brand of ball that's a little unique. Not everybody wants to spread the field quite like we do. Not everybody wants to play with tempo. Not everybody wants to play a style of defense that we do where we're slanting and getting up field. So they're comfortable with it, you know, just being patient early, staying in the game and waiting for the game to come to us as our style of play, our amount of snaps, the way we chase, the way we run. You know, that kind of brings the game back to us. and. Mm-hmm. We've had to come from behind a lot because early in the game, a lot of guys just physically right now are a little bit better than us. Just physically the matchups aren't in our favor. That's something we'll, we'll handle in recruiting and development, but you don't do that in year one. That takes yeah. some time. So, But we want to we wanna win games in spite of that, and our kids are okay with what that does to us. And This, this game probably won't be any different. That we won't, It'll be hard to get a first down early. It'll be hard to slow them down early. we just got to stay patient and stay in it and let the game continue to come to us. And, We'll be there in the end when it matters. I love it. Um, obviously, there's certain players that end up becoming essentially viral for what they're able to do, and their punter. I mean, everybody yeah. loves talking about this guy, and I'm sure he'll win the Ray Guy Award. But, uh, but, but his ability—he's got, uh, I think, 20 some odd kicks over 60 yards, a bunch over 50. He can flip the field on you in a hurry. I think he's got 280. Yard yeah, he punt. does. Yeah. Well, I'm watching tape, and he's standing in his end zone, and they pin the ball on the plus two on the other end of the field. I, mean, I don't know what that is. I'm not great with math. There's a reason I'm a football coach, but that's a long <laughs> way. And if you if you don't field the ball, he puts so much air in it and you get so much roll. I mean, he, he can really change the game with one kick. And so we're going to have to we're going to have to field the ball well. May not get a ton of big returns, but if we can just keep it from rolling, uh, try to get underneath it. And, and people have struggled with that all year cuz one kick may be 50, the next one literally may be 80. And it's hard to, to pick up that kind of swing yeah. and, and make sure that you, you make a good decision and don't, don't put the ball on the ground. But uh, if, you, if there's anybody out there that thinks punters aren't a weapon, that, that dude's a weapon for yeah, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Left-footed, so yeah. ball spins a little differently, super calm, doesn't yeah. get flustered, and can absolutely kill it. What are your keys? What do you need to see coming up on Saturday? Same thing. You know, we got to we, 
can't turn the ball over. No. Offense, we've got to protect the ball. Uh, it, it's going to come down to the line of scrimmage. Uh, we got to we got to be able to hold our own on both sides. Offensively, we've got to minimize their effectiveness of tackles for loss and sacks, uh, stay ahead of the chains. Defensively, we've got to make them uncomfortable where they can't just run the ball and stay ahead of the chains. Um, the games we've done that this year, we've won. The games we haven't, we've lost. I mean, it comes down to, I mean, it's spread the field all you want, look, you know, play fast and look flashy, but it comes yeah. down to old-fashioned big boy football. Yeah. And if we do that well, then we'll be right there. If we don't, it'll be a frustrating day for us. Um, I anticipate, and it's been a year, but I'm sure you've heard stories of what that spectrum can be like during a basketball game. Um, uh, I, I was talking to Coach Odom about this. Football and basketball play off each other a Oh, absolutely. Bit. absolutely. And uh, when that place is going to be rocking up there on Thursday night, which it should be, so get your tickets now at utahstateaggies.com. Yep. Um, and I know you and your guys are going to be up there as well, and I'm sure maybe during the uh, winter you'll bring recruits in and, and experience that. Those, those two – those two environments really kind of help each other out. They do. They do. Um, I mean, I think we help each other any way we can. Uh, always share recruiting, uh, you know, try to bump into guys. And If I'm in town and they're playing, I'm there. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I've been to women's volleyball, women's basketball, been to gymnastics. But, uh, I mean, I absolutely love being there when they're playing a big game. Uh, Brittany and I will be there on Thursday night screaming at the officials. Good thing about that is I can't get a 15-yard penalty nope. for screaming at the officials in a basketball game. So that kind of gives me the freedom to, to get after those guys. So uh, I, I think we, we absolutely all feed off each other. And the, the momentum that everybody kind of just feeds and, and gives back and forth is huge. And in a community, in a, in a campus like this, uh, it, it's, I don't know, you even feel it maybe even a little bit more. Justin Bean, a D-end or a tight end? Uh, whichever he would like to play. I don't think Coach heard you there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. That dude would look good in a, in a uni, wouldn't he? Yeah, he would. Absolutely. <laughs> well, Coach, hey, good luck, man. Appreciate it. It's going to be a fun trip. That's Coach uh, Blake Anderson as Utah State gets set for a showdown against San Diego State Mountain West Conference Championship game. Remember, that game will start at 1 o'clock here Mountain Time, uh, high noon on the, e or on the uh, Pacific Coast, and a pregame show will begin at noon. Big thanks to everyone who helped us out. Big thanks to Old Chicago. Back with you next week. You're listening to Aggie, the Aggie Coaches Show from Learfield.